touchdown. Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that time, George. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs, and uh, we have reached the preseason uh, games portion of uh, of the end of you know of this of training camp here, man. So, um, look, I mean, going up playing the Bears. I, I mean, they're, yeah, first preseason game. I think Andy said Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, and the ones are going to get a quarter. I, I suspect it'll be a drive, right? Like, <laughs> if, if they play well on the first drive, I think they'll just sit them down. But um, you should get to see everybody play in this one. But um, that's not what's important this game necessarily, is it? Todd, what's important is football is back. Organized football. Football Americano. Or is it Americana football? I don't know. But either way, it is back, and we get to see it, and they're wearing Chiefs helmets. It's going to be very, very exciting. My sugar and, is kicking in. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And it's at noon on Saturday, which is just weird. Um, but it's going to be really weird is waking up at 6.30 in the morning like I have for all a training camp on Saturday, going in <laughs> to, put a, to put the final touches on the pregame show. They produce a postgame show. That'll be super, super duper fun. I was going to say, I'm sure you're thrilled that it's a new kickoff on a Saturday. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm already used to getting up at that time. Um, so, I mean, I have no complaints there. I mean, we'll we'll see how the postgame show works out. Nick doesn't do his best work whenever it's only while a football game's going on in crunch time. But, you know, we'll get to go on that journey, see how that works out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm excited to see what you come up with. Well, that makes that makes one of us. I've been terrified <laughs> myself for two days. So, yeah. you know, tomato, tomato. <laughs> so uh, if you but, didn't know, you can watch the Chiefs pregame show on KSHB 41 at 11 a.m. Yeah. And then the postgame will be right after the game ends for a whole hour. Yeah. Home of the Chiefs uh, is a 30 minute pregame. Oh, no, Todd. No, no, no. Oh, it's, a, it's a six hour pregame. <laughs> I, hope not. I, don't have enough, I don't have enough ideas or content for that. Yeah. I mean, like I can just come on and like bamf, you know, like jazz hands, show off my tap skills, something like that. I don't feel like that's what uh, the advertisers would be paying for. All right. we'll, we'll work on a fourth and one podcast telethon for the next preseason game. <laughs> what are we what are we donating the money to? I don't know. We'll come up with something. All right, I wish you the best in your idea, Todd. I'll let you workshop <laughs> that one because I got a pre and post game to figure out. All right, all right. Well, then we should probably like actually talk about this football game. Um, I do think. Like, tell me if I'm crazy here, but I do think that you're crazy. <laughs> well, okay, we knew that. that was, I set you up for that one. Um, I do think that I, I am kind of in, normally I'm not that intrigued to see the first team offense in a game like this because it's like it's like ah, eh, I mean it's going to be pretty vanilla, right? I mean they're not going to really show much of anything um that crazy the defense isn't going to show them you know a lot of exotic stuff um it's going to be just like the as basic of as basic of a football game as you can get um but i i do want to see like the there's been all the talk about them getting together in march and april and again in june down in texas and working out and trying to build chemistry and build rapport and, and and all that they needed to do you know, with this remade wide receiver room after they traded Tyreek Hill, I want to see evidence of it, right? Like, I mean, you know, we've been up at training camp and you see flashes here and there, but then there's days like Thursday's practice where it's hot. The guys, didn't, you know, were, were ready to be playing another team, um, you know, and, and it was kind of a sloppy practice. I think they need this. And I think that this will be the, the best indication we've had so far about whether 
Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, you know, Sky Moore, and those guys are going to be able to be reliable, productive targets for Patrick Mahomes this year. I mean, it's the first opportunity. I'm not going to say it's the end-all, be-all, uh, whatever happens on the first or second drive. I mean, you're hoping they can all get in rhythm, be in sync, and be able to kind of get some yards after catch each and kind of spread the ball around on a drive, which is what I think the whole accomplishment of what Andy and them are trying to do. I think it really is going to be like a first 15, and I think they're okay if, you know, the defense plays whatever vanilla thing they do and the Chiefs just want to kind of get the ball in everybody's hands in game situations and kind of start to build that confidence and that chemistry in game situations, which, I mean, whenever I was asking Andy Reid, uh, whenever he spoke, not not Thursday, but uh, at this point the other day, which uh, is probably Monday. I don't know. Days blur together Tuesday. anymore for me. Yeah. Um, but I'd asked him, you know, what what's the key over the next month to be able to kind of get the deep passing attack in rhythm and in sync, given that, you know, they're, they haven't been through years and years of game situations together. Like Juju Smith-Schuster and Travis Kelsey, those two are already on point with Patrick. Like, I mean, Juju looks like he's been here with Patrick for years. And, like, that's a good thing. And that's what part of, you know, March uh, during the offseason, whether it's in April, May, June, July, um, you know, October, whatever. Um, she can throw some random dates in there at this point. Um, Pick a month. Yeah. Um, but that's where that helped him. Now, the question is, can Justin Watson, if he's going to get worked in with the ones – like he has at times, if he's able to, is Josh Gordon going to be worked in the ones? Is Corey Coleman going to be worked in with the ones? Or is it going to be just Sky Moore, McColl, um, you know, Valdez, Scantling, and then Juju Smith-Schuster? Are those the guys that are going to be the primary ones? But if that if that ends up being the case, you just want to see a, an effective drive. Obviously, nobody getting hurt is the number one priority no matter what. And if they have a terrible drive, but nobody got hurt, I still consider it a win. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it, you know, it's just, it'll be interesting to kind of see how they, how they, how they gauge together. Cause the, the thing that I'm most excited about the preseason is we can start to finally put the Tyreek Hill talk in the rear view mirror. Like I get it. You, you got traded. <laughs> they moved on. Like it's, you know, I mean, like I've, I've quit at the point where I don't even want to retweet or favorite Tyreek Hill stuff on Twitter anymore. Like, cause I don't care. Like he's, you know, he moved on. Like it's, it's, you know, that's cool. Fine. Hope he enjoys his two years before he falls off a cliff, you know, in terms of athletic ability. Like, I mean, you know, like that's, that's going to be what it's going to be. So I am just, I'm ready to see the chiefs in some ways turn the next page and just kind of, you know, start the new chapter of what they're going to be as a team. But I will selfishly say when I, uh, before I turn that page that I do kind of wonder when I watch Judy Smith Schuster up there at training camp, I'm like, man, what would that offense have been like last year if he actually did sign here instead of staying with Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh? Because I think that I think that Chiefs offense would have been on a whole different uh, playing field last year, and that the Bills game may have not been the same, and that uh, that Bengals game I don't think would have been the same either. Would you? Are you already at the point where you want him to sign him an extension beyond that one year deal he he inked? <laughs> We're talking about from uh, if he'd been here last year or this. No, year? no, I'm saying this year. He said, you know, he signed like you know one one year nine million dollar deal. Um, like yeah, if you're Brett Veach, are you gonna you know might as well extend him now? <laughs> um, I, I I think I I I think he's gonna be here for a while. I generally yeah. do. With what I've seen there, I'm like, yeah, that's 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 gonna be one of your new staples of the offense. Like I mean, so him and Sky Moore, as long as they can stay healthy, like they're gonna be staples of your offense and. You're hoping Valdez Scantling can become that other guy. And then 
you know, you'll see what McColl ends up doing and if Justin Watson can kind of be a part of that equation. But I will say collectively, I am drastically more excited with this wide receiver group than I have been during the Mahomes era. Like, I know that sounds weird to say, but I mean, from one to five, they're much better and much well-rounded and much better depth to where if somebody got hurt, I don't think it, you know, it just wrecks everything. Like, Tyreek Hill got hurt, it would just wreck everything in that offense in the past. Yeah, now we just have to hope that Patrick can make a second read, right? I mean... <laughs> and for people that don't know, Todd is being sarcastic about an article that uh, came out, and that is your disclaimer. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think I, I found that laughable and that, but that's also why, you know, when we, you know, we talked about when the why, trade was made. Why are we calling out Jack Del Rio right now, Todd? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I went back and I, on Twitter, I went and showed whenever Jack Del Rio said something that wasn't eerily far off from Alex Smith when he called Alex Smith a gimmicky quarterback back yeah. in 15 or 16. And it had that same, it had the same structure of compliment, condescension, and just, you know, just ripping a player apart. So, I mean, well, listen, you know. I don't think Jack Del Rio has ever lost his temper or put his foot in his mouth. So, you know, I don't think he's ever gotten in a fight with a guy who <laughs> like, won a Super Bowl. <laughs> right. He's never punched a guy that he that he didn't realize that he thought was, a you know, breaking the, the strike lines and <laughs> and ended up, you know, maybe right. being Otis Taylor. <laughs> yeah. It turned out it was like, you know, one of the greatest wide receivers who belongs in the Hall of Fame in Chiefs history um you know but yeah no i mean so, i mean i guess that means jack del rio couldn't make the correct read either <laughs> right <laughs> yeah what was your second read jack <laughs> so, oh, I, I didn't, listen i did not expect this to turn into a jack del rio appreciate oh well, dude that's one guy I, I despise man that's one guy i despise i'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about that one <laughs> yeah but no, the, punch, the, we do not we do not officially know that he is the one disclaimer. We do not officially know that he's the one who stated that, but I am just saying, if you look at, uh, if you look at quotes of, uh, of press conference past, yeah. um, that <laughs> there is a pattern there. Yeah. Well, you know what? He it, like, he goes on the, uh, on, on Santa's naughty list for, you know, punching those Taylor alone. So, um, well, I mean, that was, you know, right around when I was born. So he's been on there for a solid 30 plus years. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Be like, um, and I think the Chiefs play the commanders at some point this year. So um, next, I'll be uh, next week in the preseason, we'll have that pre and post game too. That'll be a three yeah, o'clock yeah. Saturday game. <laughs> I got to get through this first one before I move <laughs> on to the next one. We can I know how Jack. coaching staff feels, but the, putting a game plan together. I'm just going to be honest. That's how pre and post games feel for me. Maybe we'll request Jack Del Rio for an interview to ask him about the Otis Taylor situation. No, Jack and I, Jack and I have not talked since uh, well, I was on a press conference uh, phone or with him. When I asked him about Alex, his comments about if he regrets calling Alex a gimmicky quarterback, <laughs> considering he was 0-6 at the time, and Jack didn't back down. I'll give him credit on that. He didn't back down from it, but I also knew he was not thrilled with my question, but I was never thrilled with his original statement either. So, yeah. you know, we could, you know, we could kind of bond on that maybe or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's still, he's not getting a Christmas card. Um I did. Uh, so we talked about the offense and kind of that first team group defensively, man. I do want to, is there anybody in particular that you want to see out there? Um, I mean, I, I look, I, they, I think everybody's interested in George Karloftis, right? He's going to go against, you know, Riley Reif is the right tackle. So uh, for the bears, um, 
I, you know, hopefully he'll get some, get in there. Um, if not, it'll probably be Tevin Jenkins. Um, so either way, you hope he gets some good reps. I mean, that'll be a good test, uh, for him. I mean, look, he's, he's got power, I think. Right. And he shows some counters that are maybe more advanced than, than people wanted him to do. But, um, I, I'd still like to see, um, maybe him play at a, at a, at a, fa- at a faster game speed and, um, you know, and show that he can get around that edge a little bit cleaner. Um, so, um, it'll be good to see him out there against somebody else and see how, you know, if, if some of the flashes you see in camp stand up, but the other ones, uh, you know, I mean, is there anybody else that you think you're really excited to see? It, it isn't just one person. Like I, I'm looking forward to watching the defense collectively from a team speed perspective. I really want to see how this defensive line does. I'm curious to see how Joshua Williams does. I'm curious to see how Trent McDuffie does. I'm just curious to see how the secondary works together. Um, I don't know how much of it I'll be able to analyze at the time because I will be panicking about what we're going to put in the post game show. And before I know, put it'll some be of half- that in the post game show. And before I know, it'll be halftime, and I'll be like, I don't even have the show done. This is not going to go well. <laughs> I hope Andy talks for 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, well, no, but I think the secondary is the, is a big one because outside of Juan Thornhill, it's basically all new guys. Um, I kind of want to see Dion Bush like match up against Byron Pringle on a play and just see which guy wants it more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the bears, <clears throat> something that I think may come out of this, I'm very curious to see is <clears throat> with the bears, what, Oh, uh, another person I'm intrigued by is going to be Orlando Brown. I know he's not on defense, but like, I'm, I'm curious to see how Orlando does against somebody else and not against, you know, his own teammates, how that, how that works out. And I mean, everybody, I think, I think everybody, I think everybody's really in really intrigued to see what Frank Clark does. How does yeah. he look? What does he look like out there? Is he quicker? Is he going to be, you know, uh, is he going to be fast around the edge? And we're going to see a different player than what we've seen in years past? Or how is that going to work out? Because I can tell you right now, Carlos Dunlap, still still pretty rusty. So, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not expecting him to have an all-pro game. No, but he'll, he should be in there. I'll tell you who didn't look rusty was uh, Rashad Fenton. Um, um, he appears to have hit the ground running. Um, so that that'll be, you know, he, he's, uh, Andy said, he's probably going to get some snaps as well. Um, so it'll be good to see how, you know, how having him back in, I think you'll, you'll pretty much, um, Frank Clark was sick Thursday practice, but if he's back on Saturday, I think you'll, that'll be one of the first times you have that whole, what you expect to be your, your first team defense together. So, um, it'll be, you know, and, and, and obviously the first time they're going to get somebody else. So, um, you know, look, Justin Reed, I, that I love the fact that he has not been scared to take up the leadership mantle, um, you know, and some guys are right. Like some guys, and he talked about it when he was brought in that you have to earn that right, but he feels like he already has, and he's already willing to engage with the younger guys, get in their ear, uh, help get them up to speed. And when he talked Thursday about what he wants from this game, he was like, he basically said perfection, man. He goes, cause look, we're not going to do anything different. Like we are going, you know, we're not going to do anything crazy, right? We, you know, this is going to, we know what they're doing. They know what we're doing. Our, our game plan is going to be simple. Their game plan is going to be simple. There shouldn't be a lot of thinking to it. Like we should be going out there and guys should be in the right gap, should be covering the right guy, should be passing off coverage. Like I, I kind of love that accountability uh, from, from a guy coming in and that quickly saying like, Hey, we don't have any excuses. 
this is our job is to go out there and shut down the offense that the other team puts out in front of us. And we ought to be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll be, like I said, there's, there's a lot that I'll be intrigued to watch and see and just see how they're all working together and how, how a lot of the rookies look and, I'll probably watch it three times before Saturday, Sunday afternoon. <laughs> so it's all possible. All right. What else, what else is, is there to watch? Cause there there's, you know, I mean, obviously special teams is a big one, you know, who, who's returning, you know, who's playing gunner, you know, um, you know, who's on, you know, who's, who's on the kickoff coverage, different things like that. I mean, you know, cause those are guys who, you know, the, the standouts in those, in those positions are going to make the roster. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, how many years was Marcus Kemp on the team, right? Um, even though he wasn't used very much in the offense, but he was a standout on special teams. He was on the roster, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if in the game itself is going to be the big part. Um, I know what you're saying in terms of the gunner. Is there somebody that stands out at each spot? Totally get that. But I will. what I'll be more intrigued by afterwards is to look at what the snap count was. Like, what was the snap count? Did this guy get 20 snaps on special teams? Did this guy get 15? Did this guy get 10? Did this guy get zero? Um, that's where, you know, that'll add up over the next two weeks. Like, that'll that'll say a lot. And then the reality of it is, I mean, they're going to end up, you know, waving five, either releasing or waving, depending on where they're at in terms of their years vested in the league. That'll end up happening on Tuesday at 3 o'clock. So, you have five less players on the roster. So, I mean, you know. We'll uh, we'll see what ends up shaking out there, but yeah, I mean the this this the numbers on, on special team snap counts are always intriguing after the first and second game when you combine them both together. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see Danny Shelton out there, um, but no, but I am I am looking forward to him him from a signing perspective and getting to hopefully see him next Monday and Tuesday, uh, just simply because like the, like you and I've talked about, man, I'm. <clears throat> I'm really nervous about their one tech situation. Like they just don't have a guy who collapses the pocket. Derek Nottie's a solid run defender. Colin Saunders hit or miss. Like, I mean, you know, he may have one a good play at camp, but then there's 30 yet. He disappears for me. And it, like, you know, and, and or gets and, pushed to his knee, man. It, it and, breaks my Nick. It breaks my heart. <laughs> and I'm sure it does. Given how much you loved him. Um, still do. And, I still do. I just, I'm not sure that, um, I'm not sure it's going to work out for his NFL career in Kansas City, unfortunately. May not, man. Um, and then I'm 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 curious to see what they're going to do at edge rusher, because I mean you're going to have Dun, you got Dunlap and Karloftis uh, on the one side, but I mean who who's the who's the true backup to Frank Clark that if he gets hurt can make that difference? I mean, yes, Mike Dana is a placeholder, and I'm not, and that's not meant to be mean. It's just he he's a placeholder. But the, he's not a he's he's I don't know if he's going to be a difference maker. So he's going to go out and prove that if he rotates into that Frank Clark spot. And then Malik Herring is a guy who started to show up and showed hand quickness there yeah. at, at the end that I mentioned on Twitter. And then you know, and then Dickerson, the guy they just signed. Like there's I have some intrigue there to watch them. You know, hopefully this week and, and hopefully in the next coming weeks before they, you know, get down to 53. I'm hoping they hold on to them so I can kind of. I I think they're I personally think. The positions, if they can avoid um, getting rid of anybody along the defensive line and in the running back room, I think those are probably two areas that they'll make their cuts last if they can. Yeah, which, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more evaluation, especially especially on the defensive line, because they've brought in so many guys in camp, you know, it's been hard. 
to get a fair evaluation of them in such a short period of time. Right. Um, you know, and, and look, I, I mean, I, I don't think, I, I, I think Andy Jones and or Andy Jones, I think Andy Reed and company, don't tell Andy I said that, Nick. Um, I think Andy Reed and company, I mean, look, they evaluate. Andy, if you're the guys. listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> um, he's not I mean, listening. <laughs> yeah, no. Do you think he's got other things to do? Um, Maybe. But I think that, you know, look, they evaluate the guys every day. They, you know, they, they, they give them the grades if they want to, to let them know where they stand. Um, but I, I think for some of them, there's so many guys on the defensive line right now that are incomplete. I mean, even Joshua Kando, still an incomplete. I, I got to see him like go up against somebody else and show something. Cause I haven't, haven't seen a whole heck of a lot from, from Kando there. Um, um, you want me to be blunt about it? Yeah, absolutely. When have I ever not wanted you to be blunt about it? Oh, there's sometimes it's probably a good thing when I'm not. <laughs> you know what this rattles is, around in my head. <laughs> this is not uh, one of those times. <laughs> I, I think Kando is a really athletic guy that's got great size, but he hasn't in the two years I watched him, he he hasn't put it together. No, and like he's had he's had two D line coaches, and I just don't know. I don't know if it's gonna work out here. I mean, he he will be an athletic special teams performer. That's why I want to see what he does snap count wise because his athletic ability and his size can benefit them on special teams. So if he has 20 snaps on special teams and does well at it, that's the way I think he's making this roster. But in terms of actual pass rush ability, I think that's going to be a wasted spot with, with him potentially. Yeah. Look, you'll see 59 line up with the first team defense sometimes. And then you, you never see like, it's never like, Oh yeah. 59 made that play. It just doesn't, doesn't happen. But to your point, I think if he has special teams value, and I think also if Joe Cullen um, says, look, give me more time, I can get something out of this guy with his athletic ability, I think that that's that yeah, that's his only path to the roster. Well, I'll tell you, whenever Joe Cullen talked to you the other day, that wasn't one of the names he had on his list. <laughs> he, he wasn't dropping Kingdom's name. Oh, well, it wasn't one of the names, but he, he was very happy with Dunlap and Chris Jones. So maybe he doesn't want to overhype him. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to make sure he sneaks on the practice squad. Yeah, Joe Collins making sure he flies under the radar. Now I know this sounds weird of me to say, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I'm curious to see if if Dustin Crum in the fourth quarter, and this is how fanatical I am, because I'll be, you know, I'll try to pay attention fourth quarter to this, but I'll be in pure panic mode at that point. So, I mean, if the def- you know, if the offense wants to have a whole bunch of incompletes and everything, that won't be a bad thing <laughs> for <Yeah>. me. <laughs> you know, fans will be saying this game's so sloppy. I'll be saying, thank you for the time. I got to still stack this, this uh, block. Yeah. Um, You're like, no, Nathan Peterman, <laughs> throw it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but with Dustin Crum, I mean, he's been, he's been wildly inaccurate in camp. And I mean, wildly inaccurate, what? like wildly <laughs> inaccurate. Like, he did a nice Lamar Jones impersonation or Lamar Jackson, yeah, Lamar Jackson, Jackson impersonation. Yeah. Wait, like, what is it with you? This is the second person you've called Jones today. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I've been reading too much about jury verdicts or something. Um, but yeah, like there was a play in camp where like, I, just I, see you like, I mean, you start at the podcast. You're like, hi, I'm joined by Nick Jones. Today <laughs> yeah. On more it, than one podcast. There was Andy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess I got a football Jones today. Um, but uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, you don't think he's making the practice squad. Oh, you're talking about Dustin Grum. Yeah. No, <laughs> like I, I'm telling you, man. He, I mean, there, 
he like, had maybe a nice he's a gamer in like the Shane, field. Maybe he's like Shane Bouchelle and he's a gamer. Like Shane Bouchelle just was awful in training camp, but like he'd show up and he ended up getting, you know, kind of that third opportunity. Technically, maybe not on the roster, but you know, he's a part of practice squad most of the year until team tried to poach him. But like Bouchelle showed up as a gamer then. Yeah. But I, I can tell you though, like in, in training camp. Um, Dustin Crum is worse this year than <laughs> Shell was in training camp last year. That's all right. I, I always want to call him Denny Crum, the old Louisville coach. So it's probably for the best because that's just another name I'm going to butcher. Well, Todd, we all have our struggles, sir. <laughs> yeah. But, um, dude, I, I'm going to say this, man. Um, I'm really rooting for Josh Gordon. I know you're not supposed to, the journalist. But, man, that press conference he had, that was uh, – that was like a guy who just lost the national championship right there. And I felt bad. I felt really bad. So I'm, I'm rooting for him. And I, I hope he can, I hope he can do enough in game situations. I mean, he's had a lot of drops in practice and I, the way he responded, he he's, he's very aware of where he's at and how things are going. And I will say up at training camp, whenever he's with Mahomes, he he's, you know, he looks sort of like his old self. Yeah, but when he's he, with he's still other flashes, he absolutely still flashes. But when he's with the other quarterbacks, boy, there's a he lot of not. drops, and I mean, <laughs> and 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 they're putting him right in the breadbasket. So I mean, you know, he, if he makes those routine plays, we're not asking is he going to make this roster. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I respected how how honest he was in his press conference, and how you know how he's very transparent. Whenever like you know, in a very tough situation that he's going through right now. But either way, man, I'm I'm rooting for him no matter what. Uh, whether it's with the Chiefs or not, you know, because I mean that dude, he's you know, he's he's had, he's had a tough road there for the past decade. Yeah, yeah, and he look, uh, he's he's I think he's an easy guy to root for because you know, um, you know he, I, I think when people he's, are he's honest, not, like he's that, not a he's not a prima donna, he's not a diva. He doesn't talk no. to third person. He's he was really polite and respectful, you know, like are, whenever he's talking to us. So you don't think if he ends up retiring, he's going to throw out an Antonio Brown style press release? <laughs> I don't Twitter. even know if that was a retirement though. That was just, that was just, that was. Does it matter? Does it matter? He did a victory lap against the Jets, you know, and, and fought a rhino, or I don't know what it was. It was insane. Yeah, but no, I, I, I think but, Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown are very drastically different people. Yeah, no, they absolutely are, and I mean, both of them have been cast a certain way because you know they've they've run up against suspensions and different stuff like that. But as well, in all fairness, Pete, Antonio Brown's cast it is his right. it wasn't it hasn't been a picture that's just been recklessly painted. Like I no, mean no, he's, no. he's 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 shown you paint here, 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 and here. Right, right. But but Josh Gordon is a is is a humble, hardworking yeah. um guy and and look he I, like when I was at OTAs and minicamp and stuff like that, like he looked there were times it was like oh that's like vintage Josh Gordon. And it's, you know, I mean, I'm the same as you, like the Chiefs fan in me is like, yes, please. Like I would, I will be fine watching vintage Josh Gordon every Sunday, this, this fall and winter. Um, and you know, um, so ho hopefully, he, hopefully he can, you know, make, make a strong push down the stretch here and, and earn that spot. Because I look, I, I think every, I think that, I think everybody in that locker room, except maybe the, the guys that would, you know, would lose out, um, are, are rooting for him. But even though I don't think any of those guys would begrudge him. No, no. So, um, I think like, so here's one thing that, that I do think, 
I mean, cause like we can talk about Isaiah Pacheco, right. And like, is he going to have vision and speed? Is he going to show some of the things that we saw there? But the one thing I think it, it, to me that the, like a preseason game, especially the first or the last ones, right. When, um, you know, that are pretty vanilla or that are, that are mostly backup guys. And and only a few of them are going to make those final roster spots. To me, one of the things that always stands out is desire. Like I, you, the other thing that that you want to be surprised by pleasantly or otherwise is guys who just go out there and are willing to make, even if they're going to make mistakes, make them at speed, play hard, fight, you know, fight for every, you know, show, show how much it would mean for them to make the team. I mean, how much do you think that desire, especially like second half for guys matters when, you know, when the coaches are evaluating a preseason game like that? Well, I mean, it, it may help buy them another week, potentially if they were, if they were on the fence about them, but at the end of the day, I mean, talent's still going to win out and sure execution of what they're wanting you to do is going to win out and, this is just a piece of the evaluation to see what happens under, you know, when the lights come on. So I, I got a sneaky suspicion. The coaching staff saw the same thing I did with Shane Bichelle last year. And they're like, boy, I don't know about this, but then when preseason came around, he earned himself an opportunity and they, you know, and then he got on the practice squad for most of the year. So, I mean, there's a chance for any player to go out and do that. And then it'll be, uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm just intrigued to watch it. There's a lot of guys I'm, I'm curious to kind of watch and see how they perform and kind of what they do. And the running back position is one of those spots where I'm curious to see how Ronald Jones and Isaiah Pacheco do. Like those two are going to, those two are going to intrigue me and in what they're capable of doing in the game. Cause I already know what Clyde can and can't do. I already know what Jarek McKinnon can and can't do. And I know what Derek Gore can and can't do, but Pacheco and Jones are still people I'm, I'm intrigued to see, you know, if they, if they can raise their game or if they're at the same level or what, and then we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, the offensive tackle situation of people not named Orlando Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to, I want to see Andrew Wiley. Okay. Do we have time for a, a know your former chiefs now on the bears roster segment quickly? Yes. Okay. Well, look, I'll give you Byron Pringle. We know Byron Pringle's there. I I already gave that one away because I want to see, uh, bush on him but um all right i'm going to ask you this player was drafted by the chiefs in 2015 and played 23 games over two seasons he had eight career catches with the chiefs um i think he was a dorsey draft pick and he backed up travis kelsey can you name that former chief yes I you challenge to... you to do so. Yeah, that's that's the point. Is you know we're gonna let people know what in case people haven't looked at the Bears roster. <laughs> yeah, no, that one that one ended up being James O'Shaughnessy before they traded him. Before who traded him? The Chiefs. Oh yeah, my my bad. <laughs> I traded him at one, point, at one point. At one point, I was remember. very confused. I was like. I was like, wait, I thought he was still on the bear. <laughs> uh, at one point, at one point, the, uh, the Chiefs traded him. I can't remember if it was New England or Jacksonville. Jacksonville. He, the, went, he those, went to Jacksonville for a long time. And then he was at New England for a little bit. And then he's with Chicago now. Um, the, the Chiefs in, uh, let's see, 2021, or no, 2020, traded back into the seventh round to draft this cornerback. Who made eight tackles in 2020? 
and then he went and played for Chris Ballard and now he went and played for Ryan Poles. So I feel like there was a, there's a thread to pull there. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it's who I'm thinking of, especially in 2020, then uh, it's going to be uh, Bo Pete Keys. Yep. Bo Pete Keys is a bear. Um, I This one I, I didn't know because he never actually played in a game for the Chiefs, but he was a training camp darling last year. Originally came into the league as an undirected free agent from the 49ers, former uh, fighting Irish wide receiver. Yeah, you want me to answer? Yeah. Yeah, they, they got him actually a couple months ago. When the Chiefs waved him, and you're talking about Chris uh, Finnick, F I N K E, Finky, Funky, 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 Finky. Anyways, yeah, no, you can you can interrupt me at any point. Lord knows I've done it to you enough. Uh, When you know the answer, just buzz in, Nick. (laughs) Buzz. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that this kicker is in his second stint with the Bears, um, and he appeared in. 51 games for the Chiefs from 2014 to 2017. Yeah, I remember one of his kicks very well. And the Denver Broncos did one of Tyreek Hill's big games when he hit it off the uh, upright and it bounced in at overtime. So the Chiefs didn't end in a tie. So that one's going to end up being Cairo Santos. Yeah. It's one of the Chiefs players that followed me at the time, dude. His whole family followed me. <laughs> they oh, really? Yeah. But they did. Did you, did you, did you follow That's what people don't understand. It's like a lot of. Like either a lot of players, their agents, or their families like follow the beat writers, and so like fans are like, "Yeah, come on, tell us what you really think of him." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm not gonna be mean to that guy's family that's following me." Yeah, right now, man. I'm like his mom is listening. No. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right, last one. Um, he uh, joined the Chiefs. Um, I think I thought it was uh, during Maybe- one of their. What are their super? Yeah, for the their Super Bowl season, two thousand nine. Yep. Um, defensive tackle. You yep. and I fell in love with the guy. Thought he was a real difference maker down the stretch as that defense kind of came together. He was that year, but the next year eh, it didn't work out so much. The next year. wheels kind of <laughs> fell off the bus on that yeah, one. Well, and the guy you're talking about is Mike Pinnell. There you go. Who's actually so, from? If I remember correctly, he's from the area too, from this area. As he was um, a Chiefs fan growing up when he, it was a cool. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he lived in Topeka for a while when he yeah. was younger, and then and, and, and like he was a Chiefs fan growing up, and was really excited to win a Super Bowl with the team that he yeah. kind of watched growing up. Yeah, you know, and who doesn't like a good story for a Colorado State Pueblo graduate? And you want to know, and you know, two other people that are on the Chicago Bears—they're not I mean, players. I was going to say. I mean, you mean other than Ryan Poles? Ryan Poles is one. Uh, and I can't remember what role he has, but uh, Chiefs assistant general manager, uh, Mike Bergonzi, his brother is on oh, nice. the Bears staff. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, and Dave Borgonzi's linebackers coach, but I don't, you know. That actually might, that might actually yeah. be, I think that's yeah, his Dave, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, um, thanks for playing along with my game that I kind of made up here on the spot. I really... I don't know if you could tell. Are you disappointed um, that you didn't stump me? No, I love I love it when I get to like let Nick Jacobs flex. Um, you know, that's and not I, really flexing. It's just it means I don't have a life. That's what we're <laughs> trying to say. But it I, I it, it just it's another reminder that I don't have a family or kids. So thanks for that, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think both our listeners and our boss Sam Hart will appreciate it when you when you get to show off your knowledge. So. <laughs> I want to say hi, mom, right now, and hi to Todd's family. Yeah, I'm, 
No, I got to see Trudy last month. It was very nice. I was very appreciative. I got to give her a hug and it was wonderful. I didn't get to hug Nick, but you know, my son Colin did. So I got a hug by proxy. Well, in all fairness, I didn't hug Colin back. So that needs to no, be made. but but that still, needs to be made clear. I got a second degree hug. Colin hugged you. I hugged Colin. <laughs> it's almost you're like making, I hugged. Making it sound like six degrees, six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever That's that right. game's called. <laughs> it's That's almost right. like I got a hug. I'm gonna have to dig it. I'll be at Chiefs training camp on on Monday. I'll be like, I'll be like, you know, I'll be like, if you hug me, you'll be a third degree hug from Nick Jacobs. Uh, I'm gonna start a booth. That'll be the start of our fundraiser to get seed money for the telethon. <laughs> I don't understand why we're having a telethon, Todd. I really don't. I don't know. Let's see what happens in the first preseason game and see who needs the most help. <laughs> well, I uh. Well, Todd, this has been fun. Um, but as a reminder, don't forget to watch KSHP 41 on Saturday for the Chiefs preseason game po- yeah. or, or, or uh, hey, our pregame. You know if you haven't noticed already, we'll start at 11 a.m. and I will be a nervous wreck between now and then. And uh, postgame will be as soon as the game ends for a full hour. Um, we will have sound from Chicago. Um, it'll be Andy Reid. And who knows who the other people that will talk at the podium will be. I suspect Patrick Mahomes will be one of them. Uh, so you won't actually, want to miss that. Actually, I don't know because the they've got to like Patrick talk. Uh, I don't know. I mean, during it's kind of who uh, there was a week where it was Shane Bichelle talking after a preseason game because he had the most uh, reps that. Yeah, time. but I want to hear I want to hear Patrick talk about you know. Well, Todd, just, we don't always get what we stuff want and life, things. Todd. Yeah, I wanted to win <laughs> Mega Millions, but you know what? That didn't happen, Todd. I I want to know what he's going to name his daughter and or his his son and stuff like that. You know, I mean, well, I, I, yeah, I'm already, not really. We already know what his daughter's name is. Right? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I mean, like you know, I got questions, you know, um, so I will not be in Chicago though. But Todd, let's play a game called Lockbox, okay? <laughs> it's where you put all your thoughts in a box and you lock them. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Lock, lock it let's down. See if we can, let's see if we can win at it. And then just say, take care, kids. 